If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. God wants to finish the story. And the very thing that we would love, He enfolds in Himself all that would bring joy and life and peace to us. Welcome to Keep the Main Thing a podcast of sermons and messages from Pastor Leland Evenson. I'm Mark Evenson. Today we present the first sermon that Pastor Lee gave in 1988. It was delivered on January 3rd. Pastor Lee uses the epistle lesson from that Sunday. It is found in Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 3 through 9. It's a great message to start a new year off with. He once again reminds us that we live in a broken world and that Jesus is the one thing that we can hold on to that truly can guarantee a more fulfilling life. I like his line, it's not what we know that determines hope, but who we know. And that person we need to know is Jesus. And he goes into what that looks like by making sure we strive to see the Lord in everything we do every day. He makes a great observation that we get to know the giver, the person who gave us a gift, by the gift they gave us. We too can get to know the Lord better by paying attention to the gifts he gives us every day. Pastor Lee was diligent and mindful of offering an invitation for people to come to know Jesus for the first time. In this sermon, he gives a very specific and direct altar call again. I appreciate that about him. As he says in the sermon, you can't take for granted that a person knows Jesus personally, even if they are in church. He also closes out this message with a really great poem. You may want to have a paper and pen handy to write it down. So here it is. It's not what you know, but who you know, given on January 3rd, 1988. Want to read the... Uh, verses from the epistle lesson. I'll read it out of the New International Version. You follow along in the insert. It's a little different. There's a few words there that I want to uh, call your attention to. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better, is what my version says. Yours is a little different about knowledge, but that's the phrase I want to stick in your spirit and heart, so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance, in the saints. 
Charlie Brown uh, in the Phoenix Copper uh, comic strip is saying, Christmas is over, but I still feel joyful. I think I'm going to be able to keep this good feeling about myself and everyone for a real long time. <clears throat> he's sharing this with Lucy. And when he finishes telling her he thinks he's going to go on for a long time, Lucy gets up and walks away and sarcastically says to Charlie Brown, who cares? And Charlie Brown yells after her, and a happy new year to you too. One sarcastic remark, and the good feeling leaves. <clears throat> One kind of difference in traffic, a change of temperature to 20 below zero can take away the whole good feeling, the sense of mood of relaxation and goodwill toward all people. Somehow we think if we have enough, or if we know enough, we can have optimism for the year ahead. But the scripture reminds us <clears throat> that it's not in having enough or knowing enough. It's not in what we know, but in who we know. According to the Wall Street Journal, one of the most popular Expressions and advertising is a slogan, lifetime guarantee. Lifetime guarantee is one of the marketing world's strangest, smartest, and most enticing invitations. Many take it seriously. One watch company has to have, or one cigarette company, cigarette lighters, have, they have about 250,000 returned every year because people take seriously the word lifetime guarantee. There's another maker of outdoor clothes who get about 18,000 pieces of clothing uh, every year that are returned because they have said lifetime guarantee. Promises, promises. Sometimes we learn the hard way that all the promises are not true, that you really can't depend on them, that you really don't know who to trust or what to trust, that somehow the things that we depend on for life let us down. The, the clothing of life goes to pieces. The watches break down and don't keep time the way we would like in terms of life. Our gospel said, in him is life. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. To know him better is to know one who has called you to the hope, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. <clears throat> it's to have a lifetime guarantee that is backed by the death and resurrection of Jesus. To live in that is to look forward to a new year that can be meaningful and alive and can change, that can have a sense of excitement and an adventure in it. Stories told of a man who fell off a pier while he was fishing and it was deep water and immediately he began to sink and he began to cry for help and another fisherman heard him and came running and says, how can I help you? What can I do? And the drowning man simply replied, for God's sake, give me something to hang on to. A lot of people are crying that way today. There's nothing, seems the things we hang on to begin to go underwater. The do dollar is becoming more and more of less value, and so we'll be taking it in wheelbarrows maybe pretty soon, like they used to do in Germany when the war was over. The value had gone down. Stock market, 
some people think we can hang on to that and we see too that goes up and down and one day it can change tremendously so people go from being rich to being bankrupt we need something to hold on to something that is stable someone who is secure someone who gives us a lifetime guarantee who gives us some kind of hope someone who gives us confidence to face each day today there's a great emphasis on what you know but somehow we think if we know enough and certainly it's good to <clears throat> get education and uh, our knowledge is increasing it's doubling now every 10 years we're told but I'm reminded of one professor of clinical psychology at the University of Minnesota he's been quoted for years remember when I was going to seminary that was kind of the end thing to quote <clears throat> this psychologist he was an expert on death and dying and would go and talk to people who were terminally ill and uh, give them a sense of hope this year he hung himself at the age of 65 and his people were confused he knew a lot of knowledge he knew the psyche the human psyche and what makes man tick <clears throat> he knew all about human psychology but he didn't know the one who gives hope it's not what you know you can know it all you can know psychology backwards and forwards in the human psyche but somehow it's not what you know that ultimately determines hope as this man found out but it's who you know it says in our epistle we have been adopted as sons into this relationship with the Lord and so may we get to know him better this year and we know him better through the gifts that he will give us <clears throat> Paul talks about that in these verses that blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ he has a lot of blessings for you in the year ahead a lot of gifts for you <clears throat> this morning we prayed for someone for healing sure the gift of healing is for that person the most important gift of course is the gift of Jesus himself there a few years ago there atomic scientists were arguing the value of the exchange of scholarships between nations and finally they came up with the idea that the best way to send an idea is to wrap it up in a person and that's what God has done the word became flesh he wrapped up the idea in Jesus he who has seen me has seen the father that's the best gift that he can give us is the gift of Jesus but he gives us a lot of other gifts along with Jesus you see every spiritual blessing <clears throat> when I was growing up everything in my home was was mine I just knew that I could go in the refrigerator <clears throat> I could go down the cellar to all the can the, the things that mother would can in the summer all the fruit jars I, as I grew older I could go in the garage and get the car as I grew older I could go in the summer kitchen and get the shotgun and go hunting pheasants or ducks <clears throat> everything was mine and the older I grew the more I knew how much was mine in terms even of things that weren't tangible in terms of their love and their security and their strength that they were there when I got a cracker stuck in the middle of a swamp one spring my dad was there to help me get out <clears throat> and the older I grew and probably not till I had children of my own that I know how much love and how much sacrifice and what they had done for me in terms of all that was theirs was mine 
to know him better is to know more and more and appropriate his gifts. When you're a little baby, all you appropriate is a little milk in the refrigerator and, and maybe some baby food. But as we grow in the Lord, we should learn to appropriate more and more of his blessings, of his promises, his lifetime guarantees for us. You know what he said to the elder son when the prodigal came home? He said, son, and he was griping about it. He got the short end. He said, all I have is yours. But the elder son hadn't appropriated it all. He had simply lived in welfare when he could have lived in the spiritual blessings and wealth of his father's love and his father's care. From his fullness, of his grace we have all received one blessing after another this year he has that for you and you can know him better through his gift just like this christmas maybe you received uh, something someone has made a piece of clothing a sweater or they painted a picture or they took took a picture or they've given you a painting that they know you'd be meaningful to you as someone did for me or give you a book and through those gifts you better know the person the giver they reveal themselves, their sensitivity to you, their creativity, their artistic talent, in a variety of ways through each gift they reveal themselves. So God reveals himself. We get to know him better through his gifts. But in a more important way, we get to know him better through our daily events. When I went on this trip, uh, with these four men, <clears throat> I got to know them better. That's one of the side benefits. You really get to know uh, the men you go with. Uh, someone was sharing a word the other day called HALT, that, uh, and H-A-L-T, and the H stands for hunger, the A for anger, the L for loneliness, and the, and the T for tiredness. Whenever those are in our lives, we need, need to halt and to stop and to uh, think and uh, to let the Lord minister to us. Well, we had all of those things on this trip. I saw these men hungry. I saw them in loneliness. I saw them in anger. I saw them in tiredness. And, and so in each event, I could get to know them better and, and more about them. But I couldn't have known them simply sitting in a nice uh, five-star hotel with three-course meals day after day and, and all the things of hot and cold showers, but in the daily events of getting up at two in the morning, of uh, eating a certain diet day after day, of having taxis that were half nuts in their driving, I got to know these men. It's the same with the Lord. Day by day, you can know him better as you allow him to share the daily events of your life as you sense him going through it with you. When it's 20 below tomorrow and your car doesn't start, through that you can know the Lord better. When your husband forgets to get something at the store that you have reminded him five times and he comes home without it, you can through that get to know the Lord better. Every event that happens, the Lord has programmed the year basically for you to get to know him better. Some of you may lose a loved one, as some of us have, and you get to know him better. Some of you may be told by the doctor you have a certain illness that could be terminal, and through that you get to know him better. Some of you may be richly blessed, firms of promotion, 
Through that you can get to know him better. Others of you may lose a job. Through that you can get to know him better. Someone may be brought in to work in the same office as you and if he, that he or she rubs you the wrong way, through that you get to know him better. You see, he programs our lives and our days so we get to know him better. In some years, it seems like he has certain three. One year, the theme that he wanted me to know him better was better as a defender. He defended me in times when I was on trial for some heresies and uh, people were questioning uh, the direction of my ministry. Another year, he, 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 I got to know him better as a supplier. He supplied my needs. I went to the mailbox one day, and here was a huge check because the Lord knew in this year I needed to know him better as a supplier. This past year, to know him as a comforter that, and a strength in the midst of each day. He wants to know you. You should know him better. He's adopted you as sons, Paul says. And he gives us you a spirit of revelation and wisdom. So you see his hand. That was one of the things on the trip I wish that I could bring home. I could see his hand each day in a variety of ways. Maybe that's because I was more expectant, maybe more dependent. But I thought, Lord, when I come home, I wish I could see your hand each day in many, many ways. Too often I'm like the guy who <clears throat> was in a flood, like there's some floods on our, in our country now. You've heard, maybe heard the story. And the flood started to come up, and he was on the floodplain, built his house there, and pretty soon it was up, just up to the doorsteps, and a boat came by as he was standing looking out the uh, first floor window, and the guy says, hey, I'll pick you up and get you out of here. The flood's rising. He said, no, I'm going to trust the Lord. <clears throat> well, it went on a few hours, and uh, now the water had filled the downstairs, and he was out looking out the second story window. Another boat came by. The guy said, hey, let me rescue you. The flood's rising. He said, no, I'm going to trust the Lord. A little while later, a helicopter came over, and here the guy was on the roof. And he yelled down through his loudspeaker, hey, I'll let the rope ladder down, and we'll rescue you. The flood's going to rise higher. He said, no, I'm trusting the Lord. <clears throat> sure enough, the flood rose higher, and the man drowned. So he went to heaven, but before he went in through the pearly gates, Peter was there, and he said to Peter, I have a complaint. I know you can't complain once you get into heaven, so before I go in, I want to get this off my chest. That I trusted in the power of heaven, and you let me down. Peter went over to the computer and stroked his beard a little bit. Said to the guy, I don't know what you're complaining about. I don't know what more we could have done. We sent two boats and a helicopter to get you. He gives us a spirit of revelation. So we see his hand. So we see it in the boats or the helicopters. So we see his hand in the doctor who comes to minister. So we see it in the other person in the body of Christ who shares something with us. As someone shared after the service, with me something that sense the Lord wanted me to know. We need to have his Holy Spirit help us to see so when we don't go when the light turns green and a car goes through the red light that we see his hand in that. We see his protection. We see his defending. We see him in the riches of his glorious grace. We see him when we come to the Holy Communion, his true presence. That ever hung, every hunger and thirst you have, he's here to minister to that. Whatever you need, you come with this morning.
you know him better if you sense celebrating and sharing each day. He programs our lives so we can know him better. His strength, his presence, his mercy. And so we come today. But maybe you never received him. Maybe you don't know him at all. Just like sometimes in the church I take for granted that if people are in the same church they know one another and all of a sudden we sit down and someone begins to introduce themselves and I say oh I'm sorry I thought you knew each other <clears throat> sometimes in the church as pastor I think everybody knows the Lord and someone may not they may never have met Jesus maybe you don't know him at all maybe this morning he's knocking at the door of your heart and he wants to come in for it says as many as receive him has opened the door of their heart and comes in with his life and with his life with his lifetime guarantee Ziggy said I have the feeling nothing is going to happen to me today that I can handle nothing is going to happen to me this year that I can handle do you know him that well that apart from him you can do nothing? That all things hold together in him? That this year will hold together and you will see it in unity and see it in its fullness only in Jesus? Do you know him that well? Do you know, as Paul knew, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain? That beautiful hope All things hold together in him. It was a beautiful winter morning. The frost was on the trees at some times in winter in Minnesota. It was just a glorious white kind of armor, white all over the trees and the branches. And the <clears throat> couple were sitting having breakfast looking out their window at this beautiful picture. One of the parents said, oh, isn't a beautiful morning with the sunshine and the brilliant frost on the trees and the branches the other parent a little more of a pessimist says yeah but it'll be gone by noon but then the little girl as she thought for a moment responded never mind even though it's gone by noon because of the Lord there will be something more beautiful tomorrow that you may know what is the hope to which he is called you Paul says the riches of his glorious inheritance something more beautiful tomorrow every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before not easier but sweeter as we know him better for he who created us and redeemed us and changes us wants to share every day with us in that relationship it's not what you know who you know. There was a poem found on the body of a Confederate soldier that he had written. The poem said, I asked for strength that I might achieve. He made me weak that I might obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given grace that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. 
I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I received nothing that I asked for but all that I hoped for. And my prayer was answered. May you know him better as you go through each day of this new year receiving his gifts and know him better through that but knowing his personal relationship day by day that whatever you face each day you face it in his strength his wisdom his love you have been adopted as sons and daughters it's not what you know but it's who you know and in this year you walk with him and know him better and his lifetime guarantee and the hope in which we live day by day. Amen. May the peace of God that passes all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus in the year ahead you may know him and to know his life and life and love. Amen. I hope you get to know the Lord better these coming months and years through this message from Pastor Evenson. And if that notion is new to you, knowing Jesus in a personal way, or you have questions about what that might look like, please let us know by reaching us through our website, keepthemainthing.com, or email us at mark.keepthemainthing at gmail.com. Speaking of website, I really appreciate my sister Shauna keeping the site up to date with the podcast and special photos of our father. Thank you, sis. And as always, I am really appreciative for Lee and Spencer jumping in to help produce this podcast. I'm off to Italy this week. It will be the second time that I will see the Colosseum and the sites in Rome. I am always reminded and in fact have been known to say out loud with people standing around me, Something I first heard from my father that has stuck with me always. Would you die for a lie? As you look at the remains of the Roman culture, an empire that persecuted, punished, and tortured, and in thousands of cases murdered Christians back in the first two centuries, you cannot help but wonder what gave them the courage to give their lives. These early Christians willingly walked into this for one reason. They had perpetuated and they shared a story about a man from Galilee. Certainly it was not the power or the money that was driving them to spread Christianity. On the contrary, most of them were driven from their homes and were penniless. So what would cause someone to bravely face a lion's den or other very cruel, unthinkable deaths? You can bet I wouldn't do that if I knew it was a made up fairy tale or just a big lie. So today, think about it. Would you have died for a lie? Until next time, keep the main thing the main thing. Thank you.